Welcome back to the Beer O'Clock Podcast. I'm Dylan Toon. I'm Angus Norris. And we are here to bring you all the important views and outdated news from the beer world. Have anything to mention before we get stuck in, or we're we just going to get stuck in? I think we can just get stuck in. It's been... Been so timely recently that um, we can just get stuck straight in. We don't have to... Fill people in on what's been going on. Apologise for how long it's been since we were last year. <laughs> Which was sort of what we had for this bit of the yeah. podcast. Essentially just apologies and intro. Uh, so we'll just get stuck straight into the news. And first on the agenda is West Flatron start selling their beer online. I don't know a lot about this. I think you've mentioned it. Yep. Um, so West Flatron are um, probably the hardest of the Trappist breweries to get beer from. Um, they're It's Westie 12, for those yeah. of you who don't know. Yeah. And they produce another couple of beers as well. Um, but Westie 12 always been the hard one to get because you can only legally buy it... Um, at the monastery in Belgium, and you had to like call up a phone number with the Put license plate and the car you yeah. could be on, which made it really hard for rental cars and stuff like that. Um, and then it was a lottery. There are like grey market imports, of course, but yeah. But yeah, I think if you go go to Belgium, you get your case, and it's one or two euros a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they're not they're not charging an arm and a leg for it, but the secondary market is because of the difficulty, and now you can get it. From the source. So From the this... source. I think it's the same system as the phone, but it's just online now, so you don't make 5,000 calls to Belgium. Okay. And not necessarily. So you can't, like, it's not, you can't really order it worldwide, but you can place your orders online. Yeah, so I think you still pick it up yeah. from the monastery, but it's just now it's an automated system as opposed to a... Well, it probably makes life easier for them too. I think so. I think they were getting swamped. I can't remember the figure off the top of my head, but they, they would get... At their peak, like seventy thousand calls an hour or something mm. to the to the number. And that's just yeah, too much. <laughs> yeah, not really feasible for some monks who make beer. Yeah, I mean you saw like Kintion sell bundles and stuff online. Yep, um, and it's probably just and they sell out instantly when they yeah, do it. literally instantly. But I think it's one of those things where it's probably just they can still do it their way, but it just makes it easier for everyone and them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so that's a, a good little thing to hear. Yeah. Something that might not be so good to hear is Omnipolo releasing a waxed can of black barley wine going for $40 US. You said this was just at the Anchorage launch of their... I think so. Omnipolo scope. Omnipolo scope yeah. thing. Because that was a collaboration with Anchorage. That In one. like a million barrels like they always do. Yeah. And that was ridiculous because that happened yesterday here at BMS. Yeah. It's mostly just here because Omnipolo were fairly well known for doing weird crap and a waxed can would be up there anchorage do a lot of wax yeah and omnivolo do a lot of cans that, so that's very true <laughs> i guess it makes sense i mean it's novel we're talking about it yeah i would probably i like the idea is kind of funny i i'd buy one I'm, yeah i don't like hate it because they're not i doubt they're doing it with great seriousness <laughs> i i'm also sure a wax can's probably easier to get open than a bottle <laughs> yeah well if worse comes to worse you can just stab a hole in the bottom <laughs> Um, more awards. We seem to do these every month. Uh, Perth Royal Beer Awards is somewhat reasonably sized. I have a feeling we might have done these almost as like one of the first things. I think we did. Yeah. That's nice to keep up with them. Uh, Perth Royal Beer Awards were Friday, I think, when I double-checked it. Um, Three Ravens New World IPA won Champion Beer. Feral Brewery won Champion Large Brewery. And Innate Brewers won Champion Small Brewery. I do not know who they are. I haven't heard of Innate. Are they one of these tiny WA ones that doesn't get outside WA? They were a WA brewery, yeah. Yeah. Um, But still, Champion Small, that's, yeah. I'd be really keen to get some of the small WA stuff. Because it's almost like a separate country. It's so hard to get. Yeah, like beer farms finally started coming over in decent numbers. Yeah. Their stuff's always really good quality when we get it over here. Really good. Um, So I'm not sure how they're doing it, but maybe they could uh, help some of the other WA brewers get stuff over. Yeah, ship over and then... I'm sure there will be, as the demand comes, and there'll be more. Like, because Queensland is difficult to get sometimes to smaller ones, so it's nice to have a bit of, uh, I know, uniqueness to each state, though, when you... Like if you get stuck there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, So next on the agenda is just quickly touch on Southern Bay Brewery. Nick Warming resigns as CEO after ill-advised social media posts. Yeah. I don't know. This is just like, I don't honestly don't have a lot to say about this. Dumb. 
I covered it on the blog briefly. It's not even good marketing. Memes are so outdated. Uh, I'm not really connecting with anyone. Their whole thing is so stupid. And like, they got in trouble in February this year. Yeah, so Nick Warming took over the social media after that. Yeah, and then... uh, They posted something about pretty much much saying binge drinking solves everything. I couldn't remember quite what it was. It was something along those lines. And then this one was uh, gay lemonade or something. Yeah, and it's all like... You know, uh, you might not think it's a massive deal, but it sucks for people, you know, who may not... You know, there's obviously people who are the target of this. Like, if you're average, you know, straight white man, you might not think much of a big deal, but um, people, it it does sort of isolate people. Who are Um, already marginalised in the community. Especially in, like, beer and stuff, too, because it's, yeah, yeah, one of those communities that's not super welcoming. Try getting better. Improving, I yeah. Think. But, I, there's elements of the craft beer community that are very welcoming. Yeah, and um, I think that that stuff like this hurts it all the more because of that. And again, it's more just like dumb. It's just like it's not good marketing. It's just such. I just don't understand how businesses can think this is a way to act. Uh, like, this is not your personal account. This and is like your business. The initial excuse of I just downloaded a whole bunch of memes and set them to post every day. It's like, that's the worst. That's First a, off, that's a bad social media strategy. Oh, it's not really a Why strategy, is it? is it? Every, like, small sort of brewery run by, like, an older white guy is, like, just thinks, like, you got to put crappy memes up, and that's how you engage. It's such a, like, a bad marketing It's strategy. like, well, we need social media, but we don't know what to do. <laughs> just post about your beer. Yeah. Or post nothing. Or post That's nothing. fine. Like, lots of places don't post when they have nothing to say. Outside of... We're open. Yeah, that's fine. Even just post, we're open. Yeah. We have beer and food. That's fine. I just, I, I never understand that. It's just basic, like, marketing 101. It, it's, the, the thing is, baby boomers at that age possibly didn't, don't appreciate marketing. Yeah, and I'm sure that's, like, it's, you shouldn't, we shouldn't tar them all with the same brush, but it does no. very much seem to be with brewers, that does seem to be the case. There is a bit of a big theme. crossover. There's a bit of a theme here. Yeah, probably not a big crossover with, um... You know, middle-aged brewers and uh, marketing expertise. Yeah. So please hire marketing graduates. Yeah, you don't have to pay them much. No, they'll they'll, they'll probably work for beer. Probably do it for free. <laughs> we didn't hear it from us. Um. So on to some more news. Not very happy news. Um, Ballast Point has been scaling down their barrel program for the last few years now, and this was a um. Just was sort of a couple articles sort of got this information from just American websites. So production's fell about 110,000 barrels in the last Jesus. three years. They've, the head of their barrel program's left. Yep, um, and a lot of marketing people Yeah, marketing left. people have left too. So um, they third, this is their third year sales are declining. They've sold about a third of what they sold last year, Which is ex- and we're halfway through the year. Yeah, so where is that since they got bought? Three yes, years? Yes, That's yes. just lost, lost, lost yeah. since then. Yeah. Um, and there's been talk about benefits being cut back. They used to get a pint every shift. Don't get that anymore. Been a real like homogenization. Like not the, the individual sort of benefits and stuff they had are all gone. Um, very much becoming part of Constellation. And it's kind yeah. of funny because everyone sort of talks about ABM, Bev is the devil and stuff. But this acquisition seems to be the one that's really... I wouldn't say it's totally ripped the heart out of Ballast Point yet. But you can see it's going a direction that's not very... Well, we still very had, Matilda Bay kind of. We still had a big ballast point thing. I think Silver Lake did their mm. when they all came in recently. Yes, maybe a month ago. Um, and I think they got quite a few people out for that. So there is still some brand. I still like their stuff. It's just, I think that that on the larger scale, they're kind of they're just not really looking to continue what they were doing. Perhaps like there's mm. a small market for it, but on like their large scale production stuff, like it's not worth it. One hundred ten thousand barrels is a lot. It's a lot of beer. Like a lot of breweries don't make. Apparently, it was like a lot of them that. was full as well. Like they was uh, dumping it, um, which is the biggest tragedy of all. I don't dump it. Yeah, <laughs> but like that's how much they they just don't want to be involved in that anymore. It must be such a. I can see how to somebody who doesn't know much about craft beer, I'm not saying anything about Constellation, but let's just say hypothetically they don't mm. know much about craft beer. See how a barrel program may seem very expensive and pointless. Yeah. Um, they will soon, they'll find out in the next couple of years that sales are not going to improve. If anything, they'll get much worse because <sighs> they're going to be looked at as even less of a craft brand. Yeah. At least Lease Goose Island still do all their stuff, you know. Yeah, which is really interesting. <clears throat> Especially, as you said earlier, that ABI are generally considered the devil. ABI's, basically, their public strategy has always been, like from all their public facing people, has been, we just get out of the way. Yeah. Um, That's not true. But, but yeah, at least if you're saying that and you can somewhat back it up if... Uh, 
You're leaving their program and stuff. And yeah, and ABI, I'm not saying the ABI are, you know, ABI still have a multitude of problems, but this is a pretty grim looking outlook for one of the most beloved American craft breweries. Yeah, and it's a real tale of caution, I think, for yeah. um, these big brewers splashing out. Unless you want to make a million mega dollars. dollars. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure the Ballast Point owners are. Oh, they're laughing all the way to yeah. the bank. They could probably just do their own thing. And, you know, I'm sure Skullcom will keep being there. And, that's and being that, good. Yeah, that's all that really matters in the end, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Secure all the stuff and everything. It's stuff all, everything. As long as, just, as, long as there's there. some Skullcom. Um, but, yeah, just worth mentioning, I think. And don't even think about it. People are acquiring Australian breweries. Asahi, we're watching you. Well, Coke um, did the right thing with Feral, as we've talked about yes. a number of times. Yeah. If anything, Feral are doing weirder shit now. Yeah, because they actually got more money. Uh, Pirate Life seemed to be fine. Yeah. A little bit macroized. A little, but the pale's still good. Yeah, the beer's still good. That's yeah, the, as, and while the beer's still good, I think there won't be huge issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And finally on the docket, it's quite a short little news cycle here. Uh, Stomping Ground 2 is going to open in Moorabbin next year. Uh, sort of a repurposed warehouse. going to be... I guess they just want to join that community out there, a sort of fledgling community yep. of all these breweries and stuff. And so, yeah, another, another stomping ground brewing site and, like, beer hall and stuff, as far as I know. And Looked yeah. huge from the... Yeah, um, it seems very big. I think it's bigger than there. Is it? It's one. part of a development or something? Yeah, Moore's Jackson or yeah. something. It's like, yeah, I can't remember what it is. Yeah, um, more details will follow. Yeah, uh, you can look into it yourself. It's more just, if you're in the Moorabbin area, there will be another stomping That's ground. That's a good thing, and it can only help the other brewers down there, you know, yeah, get, a get more people down there. Bit of a trap. Like if stomping grounds down there, maybe you then trek out to two brothers next door, you know, down the road. Or yeah, and it's not. It's a nice little area down there, but it's not a heap of reasons to go down there. Yeah, like so, I don't. I've hardly been to two brothers. Yeah, we. You go when you're on the way somewhere else. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, but that's sort of a Melbourne institution. Yeah, I mean, we we got a cake from there, but that was the first time I'd been there. Same. Drop off the Same. And that's, that's like 20 minutes from here. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just awkward to get to. It is. It is. You need to go by car. Or yeah. It's not much public. Which isn't there. conducive to uh, going to Go to brewery. breweries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, best of luck something around and we will no doubt be there at some stage. Uh, definitely. And that um, just about does us for news this week. So we'll be back in a moment. We are back with the scouting report. Uh, so, been a few places we've gone to, sort of partly because of your Year of the Local segment on the website, which you readers will no doubt see up there. You'd hope they're aware if they're listening to this. Yes, it's hard not to be aware of it when you, if, when you check on the front page and every, you know, Almost two out of every post. two <laughs> things, yeah. Um, so, there's been a, been to a few, so that's kind of replacing the traditional kind of scouting report thing we do. Yeah, well, um, it sort of feels yeah, the same kind purpose. of the same thing, yeah, to be honest, yeah, you're right. Um, so we went to a few ourselves a couple of weeks ago yeah. and um, start with them. So we went to 115 Grill and Brew House who... Sunday lunchtime. Yep, Sunday lunchtime. Thought maybe we'd get a beer or even food if we had to and have one of their beers there with it and not open. Open for breakfast, open for dinner, not open for lunch. Which is just unbelievable to think of. Yeah, so that's uh, that was a little bit disappointing. Yeah, we'll um, have to... Find our way to queue at another time. <laughs> we will have to go, yeah, have to go back. And, yeah, uh, you know, they're welcome to do what they want. Um, the would be nice if the hours were updated on the website, perhaps. Well, it's, I don't think in this day and age it's asking a lot to keep your hours up to yeah, date. Yeah, especially when you're in queue and there's not... <laughs> and there's nothing around. Yeah. Here. Although, we made them bet most of that. <laughs> we did, and so the closest thing we could think of that we wanted to do was going to Moondog. Yep. So we went to Moondog, a few k's down the road. Which is a very different experience in the daytime when yeah. I'm not, like, retarded drunk. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm kind of the same. usually go there as one of the final things <laughs> of the evening or even just, like, passing through. Like, But you never really go there to start the day. No. And it was different. I it, know, it was fun. Um, I liked it. Yeah, it's very Moondog, the feeling of the place. Like, you sort of talk about how some... Dayton was one we mentioned where the decor and it didn't match yeah it doesn't feel like the personality yeah. Of the, yeah whereas Moondog very much feels like oh it. it's just exactly right like all the furniture doesn't match <laughs> it seems like they've just pulled it off the side of the it's road like palm trees <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like yeah it's it's complete mismatch um but in a fun way yeah and 
Yeah, uh, the beer we had, the IPAs were quite nice. Yep, yep, we You'll had the two Quebec yeah. ones. Yeah. Uh, Jacket was yep. one of the dogs, and Vinny, I think. Yeah, and they have a third one, but we had that bef- before. Yeah, I can't remember what they It's Edie, I think. Edie, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so there was a hazy and just a straight. Yeah, yeah, um, both with Craig. Yeah. Yeast. Um, and that, uh, we didn't pick that until the end. Yeah, yeah, until we sort of found out. Yeah. Uh, the hazy was better. Yes, it was. Yeah, I didn't. Coast, I didn't have the West Coast actually. West Coast just. So. I think the yeast was wrong. Didn't sounds weird. Like hazy Quebec. That sounds fine. Yeah. Uh, West Coast doesn't. Well, you get tropical. Yeah. Um, but West Coast, you didn't have that dry finish. Yeah. Just doesn't quite seem right. Um, I I had a sour. Yeah. Raspberry sour. That was fine. Yeah. Straight up and down. But um, you know, Moon Dog had stuff. Wasn't a particularly Moon Dog list. It wasn't. It wasn't crazy. Like yeah. the, the, the tap list was pretty. We didn't like last time we went there. There was like an ice vovo beer and stuff. Yeah, and, and like did, a truffled thing. And yeah, just like silly stuff. I mean, there was some weird stuff on there, but a lot of it was in bottles and stuff. And yeah, yeah. So I think um, when so, the, when that post goes up, it will definitely be a weird Moondog yeah <laughs> release. And I would I, Moondog remains a place I would happily, no doubt, will go back to many times. Ah, oh, yeah. And it's um. It's a good. It's a fun sort of menu. It's in. It's on the way to a lot of places and yeah. at home. Yeah, it's easy. It's just an easy place to stop. Uh, we also then went to Fixation, which is excellent. We did talk about that. We did a proper scouting report on that. We last did year when it opened. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Fixation's still good. We've been a few times. Yeah, do these awesome little corn nut things. They're f- just addictive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also the beer is quite good. Um, yeah. The 86 is great. Hazy IPA. We sort of did a tasting paddle and stuff there and we enjoyed everything, I think. Yeah, everything was good. Up. Yeah. Always a rye beer, as we were discussing yeah. earlier. Which is cool. Um, and, yeah, I don't know, not a lot to say about fixation. It's sort of just, it's all IPA focused still. But yeah. a lot of variety in those IPAs. Yeah. No, and it was fun. Then bucketing down rain, we went around the corner to Molly Rose, which opened three weeks ago now, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, so we were there second weekend. Yeah, and you'd been the day before. I had. Yeah, <laughs> so you should have a, should have your head around what Molly Rose's deal is. And it's pretty good. Your beer's excellent. Um, they do some toasties and stuff, and venue looks half finished, but yeah, yeah, you can tell it's a just open brewery. Um, but that's cool. It works. Yeah, stuff are nice. Yeah, um, Togarashi popcorn. Cool. Yeah, very good. Just what a flavor combination as well. Like great with beer. Um, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm really impressed with Molly Rose, and it's only going to get better. Yeah. And I definitely head down there. Re- literally, like, 100 metres, if that, from fixation. Yeah. Probably. It's, like, around the corner. You wouldn't know that with how wet we got it. Yeah, the walk, yeah. But <laughs> no, it's, um, Molly Rose is great, and it's good to see it open. They do, um, jaffles and stuff. Like, yeah. It's yeah. a pretty simple food menu at the moment, but it's... There is there. stuff, yeah, you can get some munchies there, and, like, the beer list is definitely worth trekking yeah. out for. So something in the area that's a bit different to, like, a... Real farmhouse, wild kind of... Well, you've got Fixation, which is all hops. Yeah. You've got Craft & Co., which is not great. Yeah. <laughs> like, as bad as that sounds. Yeah, no. Um, you've got Stomping Ground for a lot of variety. You've got The Mill, which is um, I would pretty say good. P- yeah, probably probably hop-focused slash, like... Definitely American sort of Yeah, influence. American, that's probably the best way to say. Um I think, yeah, so Molly Rose definitely kind of fits. Although we do have a nice pale there as well, so you can. Yeah, well, you, yeah. wanting to try the clean beer. Yeah, you can take people. They do still clean, clean beer there. So if you want to take people there who don't like sours, you can still do that. Yeah. Um, so you also went to Bonehead, Henry Street, Flying Horse, Sour and Piglet, Salt, Clifton Hill. Would you like to talk about any of them or all of them? Uh, we'll run through them quickly, I suppose. Cool. Bonehead. Bonehead. Um, I was there when there was a, quite a big function on. Yeah. So I'm not sure if I had the best experience, but it's sort of warehousey, industrial, um, very sort of looks like a kit brewery. You know, like you think about a brewery, you yeah. probably can see what Bonehead looks like. Um, I'm trying to imagine it in my head, and I would like to see it just to think, see if it's exactly what I think it is. I, I think it is. <laughs> um, brewery down the back, you know, you can see the stainless. Yeah, it's always nice. I'm kind of like, yeah, imagine. Um, Beer was okay. Yep, didn't wasn't yeah. amazing, but. Yeah. Yeah, it was not bad. Not bad. Uh, Henry Street. Henry Street, really small. Yep. Um, Where is Henry Street? Kensington as well. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, so they're maybe a kilometre apart. Cool. Maybe a kilometre and a half, something like that. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, really small, like I think hundred litre batches. Okay. 
Yeah. So all tap only? Yeah, tap yeah. only. Um, I think they're looking to do some crowlers or something. Cool. But not in... Yes. Anything... Beer was decent? Beer was pretty good. Yeah, cool. On the whole. Um, the one that I'm going to write about is, was a wet hopped, um, like, English IPA. Oh, cool. So it was... Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, flying Horse? Flying Horse. Well, that is genuinely interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, there's a review up on the site, like a year of local post. Um, it's a former brewery. They now contract brew their beers. Uh, and it's basically a TAB pub. Cool. They do do bottles and stuff. They do. Yeah. They do. Uh, They bottle their whale ale. So where's this? Warrnambool. Warrnambool. So it's a bit of a trek. Yeah. Uh, It's probably not one I'd recommend. (laughs) But if you're you're in the area, the dark ale slash English porter thing is not bad. Yeah. So it's... But avoid the pale ale. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, not, not not quite worth going to Warrnambool for, but... Bit of fun. Yeah, yeah, good to pop in. I, I reckon, I haven't, you know, been to all of them yet, but I reckon they're probably the only microbrewery in Victoria with pokies. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Brownstone, I assume, didn't. They may have, if we played further. They may have. Further. You never know, though. That's why, why you want to do all these, well, so you can actually partly, see them all. Yeah. yeah. See what weird stuff is uh, out there. What uh, Sound piglets. Yep, that was also really interesting. Port Campbell. Yep. So... Surf Coast, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Twelve Apostles. Yeah. Um, they uh, started as a brewery in their hostel in Port Campbell. Okay. And, like, the brewery bar is the hostel bar. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, again, really interesting. Like, just the setting's good. <laughs> Beer. Beer's good. Yeah. Like, um, German influence. They've got a German head brewer. Oh, cool. Uh, and they've opened a production facility down the road. Nice. So, like, 20 minutes down the road, there's a brewery pumping out Decent lots of beer. Yeah. Like, it's now getting around Melbourne a bit. Cool. Um, I've heard of them. Haven't really seen them, but yeah. They've got those big open top cans. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, actually, kind of old school label, I think. There's one here as a prop. Yeah. Yes. I, I sort of... That looks familiar. Yeah. And they've got a... Um, uh, part of their can line. It has a on these plain cans that they just put stickers on, sort of like the Modus ones. Yeah. Um, they've got a mark here where it puts the sticker. So the sticker always lines up with the logo. That's cool. You know how some of them... Yeah, yeah, yeah. a bit wonky. Yeah. I don't mind the wonkiness in small batch stuff, but yeah, no, for, for large production, that's probably handy. Yeah. Uh, Salt? Salt What is um, formerly Rogue Wave. Mm. Okay. Uh, lots of their stuff is still... So is that similar area? Aries Inlet, so oh, sort yeah. of a fair way out of Geelong. Okay. 40 minutes from Geelong, maybe? Yep. Something like that. So is it like a... Have they got like food and like a it's a hotel pub. kind of place? It's, yeah. it's a pub yeah. that they put a brewery in the back of. Cool. Basically. Um, Always a bit of fun. Clearly a local's pub. Yep. Um, it was nice, though. Yeah. Food was good. Cool. That's what you want. Like those... I don't... I quite like the idea of converted pubs and stuff. It kind of does help the community aspect, especially in smaller towns and stuff. Yeah, so I think the pub was going to go out of business and then they bought it and okay, chucked the brewery in the back. Yeah, it made it a bit different. Yeah. Uh, finally, Clifton Hill, a bit of a Melbourne institution. Yep, everyone, I think, has been to Clifton Hill in well, Melbourne. Well, should at some point. Well, if they haven't, they should go. Yeah. yeah. Um, Good food. Beer was solid. I think their beer's up and down their tap list. But they, yeah. it's, it's pretty much all their stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And they change it is all their pretty stuff, frequently, I think. yeah. Maybe a cider that's not them, or yeah. a couple of bits and pieces, but yeah. It's pretty impressive how much... There's a lot of small, like, limited release stuff. Yeah, so I feel like if you don't like the tap list, you can go... Kind of like Moondog, you can go again in a few months and it'll be... And it'll be, be completely yeah, different. And, it might yeah. totally work for you that time. Yeah. And, yeah, so you enjoyed it. Always. Probably could have been better the time you went, but... Yeah, the beers on the day weren't great, but, you know... That happens. That yeah. happens. You try a red... It's a reasonable red. <laughs> yeah. You know, things like that. All right. Nothing cool. stood out. Well, that's that's a good little list of things you got through. So you, you've recently crossed the halfway mark of things you've tried. Or yep. like got through, you've been. Got through half of tried. <laughs> yeah. So writing, not quite. But where in terms of uh, year, you know, space of the year, you're about on target. Yeah, we're on target for drinking. Probably a bit behind on writing, but probably where we thought we'd be on writing. Yeah. So yeah. I think I've just crossed the quarter. Or maybe not quite. But okay. In that ballpark. Cool. 
So that's and that can be you can catch up on that once you yeah exactly once the time happens and yeah cool so a bit of a rundown on quick rundown on nine ten breweries are you there yeah and we will be back with ranking of lagers. We are back with the ranking of lagers. So we are here to provide the most definitive ranking in the universe of the biggest macro lagers from each country. And we'll eventually get there doing three per episode. We have a current ranking list. I will very quickly shoot through it and we'll have to work out how we're going to do this. As the Once it gets a bit bigger. <laughs> but as we go, this is from first to last. Uh, Pilsner Urkel in first, then Tenants from Scotland, Carlsberg from Denmark, Kingfisher from India, Gulmak from Norway, Sapporo from Japan, Heineken from the Netherlands, Vonu from Fiji, and Kuskanya from Peru coming up the rear. And so we've got three more today. We have got Mexico, we have got Kenya, we have got Singapore. So far we've done a few kind of I don't know it's been a nice little spread so far good mix of like stuff that was very was good and less good definite variety in the flavours and stuff which is kind of what we wanted from this segment yeah we've had some good variety like I, I've liked the different flavours and stuff we've got so far from you know everyone's like macro like it'll taste the same this is like, no, no it they doesn't. definitely don't no, there, there's are. definite flavour differences yeah and it's interesting seeing the different countries and like thinking how it works with them so um First up on the docket, we have got Mexico, and of course, it is Corona. It couldn't yep. be anything else. The first brewed in 1925-ish, exported Ish. to America in 81, yep. which is really where it took off because it is the most imported beverage into America, as yep. alcoholic at least. Yep. Um, usually most sold by an absolute mile. Yeah. They have been having drop-offs the last couple of years. Yeah. Ago. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure it's a drop in the bucket. Mexican beer tariff will be interesting yeah, to see yeah. if that does anything yeah build the beer wall um so usually with lime or lemon but no no yeah so we're just going to judge it on its merits you can't be putting lime to mask your skunkiness yeah in... or can you uh-huh. we're drinking this is a this is a mexican one yeah brewed in mexico yeah uh, out of a long neck yep and it's clear glass which we all love yep coming all the way from mexico will be interesting to see how that holds up yeah so it's I don't know, it's better than I remember. I don't know if it's because it's Mexican brewed or... Yeah, we were just having that chat off mic. Yeah. It, it feels like there's more flavour mm. than I recall. There's like a bit of sweetness, bit of corn. There's a little bit of discernible bitterness. Yep, bubbles seem tight, smaller, tighter. Yeah, it's quite a nice mouthfeel, very drinkable. It, it is a beer you could drink a lot of. Yeah, like litres. Yeah. like It's actually a good format, this 710 ml. It's about how big you'd want the glass to be. Yeah, just about, just... <laughs> Keep it in the fridge, make sure it stays cold. And unlike most Corona, I think lime in this would probably hurt it. I think so, because this would... actually isn't It's fine, bad. Either, yeah. Um, so that's kind of a bit of a shock. I'm shocked. I thought we'd be looking at this in the bottom few. Yeah, but I think it's... I mean, it may. it's not going to be too far away from there now, but it's going to be... We've sort of decided to put it... Just above Heineken, just below Sapporo. There were discussions of moving it up a little bit. It's just difficult to justify. But yeah. it's that is a tight spot. Like, it gets tight around there. That That's very tight. And above Heineken is... Impressive. Probably wouldn't have picked that pre... I wouldn't have. Um, I know there's some people that swear by Corona. I think it's, you know... A lot of people do. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I would probably not turn my nose off at it. No. I might have before. I, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't think I would anymore. I should say. Yeah, no. I hadn't had one in three years, so um, very light. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's fine. Hot uh, day, give me one. <laughs> yep, um, that's kind of what they they're going for, I guess. Um, yeah, well, actually, they're not looking for Melbourne winter, are they? Yeah, no, they're not. I actually like it more. This is made by the Modelo Group. Yeah, I actually like it more than the Modelo Lager, not the dark one, the the light one. Yeah, yeah the light one's not great. No, but I would have thought it was better than yeah, this. Yeah, same, um, same. Negro Modelo is honestly different level, but that's fine. Yeah, it's a Vienna Lager. It's meant to have flavour. Um, but yeah, no, it's Corona. Thumbs up. Well done. Surprise. Move on. Yeah. Next up on the docket is Singapore. We did find out it was Singapore. Yeah. Uh, it's Tiger. I mean, there was probably not much debate. I don't about think that anyone's either. surprised that yeah. it's five percent alcohol. Uh, so Heineken Asia Pacific. Yep. Um, used to be Asia Pacific Breweries, and then bought out by Heineken. 
Um, this is their sort of main sort of beer. They do a few other ones. People who have been to um, Malaysia and Bali, and so probably know Anchor and a few other brands they have around there. Tiger White, I think. Yeah, yeah, a few Rattlers as yep. well. Um, anyway, not important to the thing at hand, which is Tiger. Um, I have not liked Tiger very much in past experiences, both at home and abroad. Um, no, neither have I. And uh, yeah, I've had an occasional good Tiger in Singapore slash, you know, Southeast Asia. Yeah. It, it is good when you're disgustingly hot and... Yeah. Uh, it's never really been my kind of lager. I think it's a little bit sweet and nothing. And I find that and here. I'm about to say that's exactly what's going on here. It's, it's too bit, sweet. It's stale tasting malt. There's no bitterness at all. Yeah, it's not offensive. No, but it's just not very good either. No, it's not very good. Um, that's kind of what I remember of it. Uh, for me, this is pretty... If I was going to do ranking-wise, it's pretty simply below Heineken. Yep, that's where it's I'm sliding it it's in. It's not one of the truly awful ones. But it's not good. The worst of the not-disastrous beers we've had so far. Yeah, and I think that's where it should stay. Yeah. And, like, I, I, you know, if you are in Singapore, have a tiger. Um, oh, yeah, you should have one when yeah. you're there. Um, have it with some Prada or, you know, some noodles. It's definitely, like, has a time and a place... But that place is not Melbourne winter. And it's probably not ever in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like cheaper or anything. It's No, it's quite expensive. Considering same with, it's the same thing with like a bintang. Yeah. No doubt in the future, but it's dirt cheap. And then yeah, we'll be having some bintang at some point. We'll have to, yeah. Um, so yeah, that is Tiger. Finally is Kenya's entry, Tusker. Hmm. Uh, tell us a bit about Tusker. Uh, East African breweries, I think they're called. I, they're now owned by Guinness. Diageo okay, cool. Guinness. Yeah. That conglomerate. Friendly neighbourhood conglomerate. Yeah. Um, 1922. So. First brewed? Yeah. yeah cool. So quite a while. Quite a while for East Africa. Um, and they're huge. Like. Huge, so I'm surprised you could get it. To be honest, like that's that's the first thing I want to say. Like, well, wasn't a, a, a mission. There's a large um, Kenyan population in Melbourne. It's just um, a matter of knowing where to look. Yeah, like it's been around. Yeah, I mean, Tusker is a brand I knew. Like, it was one of those ones when you said, you know, we'll do Tusker when we're doing pre-planning and stuff. It's like, okay, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know Tusker. I know this is Kenya, and then that's yeah. So, I guess, what do you think? Oh, it's less sweet. That's a. It's definitely less sweet. Mm. There's no corn. No. There's actually not a lot of anything in this one. A bit of bitterness. Bit of bitterness. Touch metallic. Touch cardboardy. Yeah. Um, it is quite old. Okay. Um. Uh, manufactured twentieth of September eighteen. Okay, so it's... But, I mean, it's it's lager, so... Yeah, it's shouldn't. fine. It's fine. Um, also, can I just point out as a side note, Kenya have best before... Manufactured on and best before. Uh, yet we can't. And yet we <laughs> can't manage it. Um, you know, I'm... I'm a bit torn on this. It's somewhere between very good and... Like, good and bad. So this is a tricky one, I think. Yeah, we're going to be boring above Tiger, below Heineken. Yeah, um, it's not sweet, which I think sort of made it a bit more difficult. Yeah, because it's not not sweet, but it's not really nice. No, it's sort of... It's a bit flat, a bit stale, a bit cardboardy, but it, there's a bit yeah. of bitterness. It's a perfectly fine lager. Yeah, it's nine months old. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing that we should probably think about. Um, but no, I think that's the spot for it. Yep. Um, it's not offering a lot outside of it's quite easy to drink. Yeah. Which, to be fair, has some validity. Oh, absolutely. Um, you don't have a beer brand that lasts for almost a hundred years without, um, something. Without a lot of money pushing your marketing. Well, yeah. No, but yeah, no, fair enough. I understand what you're saying. Um, so today we've had Corona come in at 7th. We've had Tusker come in at 9th and Tiger come in at 10th. So nothing drastic, nothing terribly awful, nothing Corona probably punched higher than we thought it would. 
Um, yeah, definitely. And I think t- Tusker possibly a little lower. Yeah, I was expecting perhaps a bit of a... Yeah. Tiger's about right. <laughs> so I guess on the other side of the coin, this um, pushes, you know, Sapporo and Kingfisher and Carlsberg, they suddenly start to look more impressive. Yeah. And I think the more the more segments you do, the more countries you do, and they don't get pushed out, it's going to be like... You know, could we be looking... At that, <laughs> yeah, like you know, top top five lagers in the world. Like, could Carlsberg and Kingfisher be on there? It's not impossible. Kingfisher is still the surprise for me. I think. Yeah, I think it's just the bitterness. Yeah, just having yeah. it actually does a lot. Um, that'll be interesting, and if we can get the Chinese one, snow. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be good. So yeah, we are what twelve in now? Twelve in. Yeah, and um, send some suggestions. Two, I suppose we're getting towards that point. Yep, sure. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll we'll find stuff. I think we'll probably have to start stockpiling soon. Yeah. Um, uh, have ideas. At, at some point, um, Ackland Street Sellers will get their lager. Yeah. Lagers going, and we'll grab a few. I think also in terms of suggestions, if you have suggestions for what you think a country's lager should be, yeah, that'd some be sort of argument, that'd be really handy, fine, yeah. especially in the ones where there's a bit of debate. Spain is the one that springs to mind. Italy, as we spoke about yep. as well. Um. And I'm sure there's a number of others. America? Oh, sure, it's Bud. Yeah. Is it Bud or Bud Light? It's probably the real question. Yeah, surely not cause. No. Um, all right, well, I think that's us done. We will be back with the Desert Island We're back with the Desert Island Six Pack. Doing something very close to your heart tonight, Angus. We are. We're doing... Uh, Imperial or Russian or double milk stouts, anything over nine percent and dark, and uh, not really any other rules apart from that. No, we want to try to not do vintages if possible, yep. unless you know, unless it's a really good reason. But I really think that yeah, probably I should be it. okay. Yeah, I think we'll be alright. Yeah, good. Try not to go with that because generally, look at a body of work, yep. go with that, and yeah, not really much else to say. It's just a, it's an interesting one. Um, one that I probably am not... No, we had a look at check-in numbers before and they were quite different. Yeah, it's also that um, one that I, is not as close to my heart, but also I feel like we'll have a few crossovers. Last couple I'm we I'm not haven't. actually sure. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. It always is. It always is. Would you like me to go first? Or yep, go after you. Um, so this one is the first Rears I ever had. Yep. And uh, you gave it to me. And this is Ivan by Victory Art Brewing. Ah, we have a crossover. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so this um this opened a lot of doors for me flavour wise and what I don't know, just what big stouts are like and it was a good introductory one. It was And that's huge. Yeah. Twelve and a half percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um I may have had Boris before, but I reckon this is probably the first Boris is a good beer, Farrell's one. I think this is more of a serious risk. Yeah. yeah. And um so smoky. Like, yeah, smoky and big and Still smooth though, and you just have no idea of the ABV. Yeah, either. Um, kind of like, don't tell me. It's yeah, not going, be, not going to be an answer I want to hear. Yeah, exactly. Like I had one in Russia, which was cool. Like right, yeah. Like when I went yeah, last year. Obviously, in Russia more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, um, and yeah, no, as good as just you a remember? great beer. Yeah, yeah. wonderful. Uh, so what about you? That's number two for you. Yeah. So number two for me, I'm going to go with. Um, Hoppin' Frog's Boris the Crusher. Cool. Which is an oatmeal imperial stout. No idea what that is. Uh, Hoppin' Frog, you've probably seen their Rings logo a bell. before. Yeah, they're an American brewery. I think they mostly do big imperial stouts. Yep. Um, and this I had on tap in Amsterdam, of all places. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was just huge. It was creamy. Like, everything you want in a normal oatmeal stout, but it was... Amped up, and that's often difficult to do, I suppose. With... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number two, I'm going with Founders Regular Imperial Stout. Okay. Which I'm super fond of and think does not get anywhere near enough love. No, it doesn't. Um, because the reason that they have these super famous beers that use this as a base, um, and I think it's just a... Excellent beer, like so much chocolate, so smooth. Nine and a half percent, I think. That in that ballpark. Yeah, and it's just um, just cracking imperial stout, and I think definitely try it. It's pretty easy to find too. Like, yeah, it's not oh, expensive it's or anything. Yeah, either. like it's yeah, 
So if you wanted like an intro Imperial Stout, this would probably be the one I would always recommend. Yeah. <laughs> if there's such a thing as an intro Imperial yeah. Stout. Um, well, I'm going to take that cue and I'll go to KBS from Founders. Yep. Which is, yeah. Yeah. One of those beers that builds on on that Imperial Stout base and it's just, uh, yeah. So what? what's, it's bourbon? It's bourbon. Just bourbon? I think it's just bourbon. Yeah. I've, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I really like that beer too. It's very close to me. And like, that's a beer where I've had heaps of different vintages um, and they're all just as, you know. Yeah, good. Yeah, and I'm kind of, I, I think I like it fresher from looking yep. at what I think. I think I like a bit more bitterness, just a touch more, and maybe, it, I think the sweetness is more pronounced. And... It's got a whole heap of coffee and chocolate, apparently, as well. Okay, cool. Um, and then it is, me. and then it is just oak bourbon for a year. Cool. Um, I guess we'll just keep going with the founders theme and we go with CBS. <laughs> yep. Yeah, um, I really thought about CBS. But... Yeah, I, I basically thought that I would go... I was looking at my list, I'm like, I have to do one of these, and I'm like, I probably just prefer CBS. Yep. Very borderline, and really depends on the day. Yep. I thought you might go with KBS, so yep. I thought I would go with CBS. Um, and yeah, just again, it's just the maple syrup is really adds a new dimension to it. It's really, it's a real dessert beer. It's, it's a real, sort of, it's like sipping on a port, you know, it's a real sort of slow thing you sit on for like two hours, and yeah. Yeah. And it's very, yeah, nice, very... Good sort of thing to feel special. Nowhere near as hard to get as it used to be either. Same with KBS. Yeah, no, they're both sort of... KBS is almost a they're shelf around. beer now. Yeah, they're <laughs> Like, around. you can just find them. Different vintages of KBS around too, so it's, yeah. Which is always... Um, fun. Fun. Yeah. I think is, yeah, fun. Uh, so number... Four? Four. Yeah, already, wow. Yeah, and this one's going quickly. Yeah. Um... I'm going to go with Firestone Walker's Parabola. Yep. Cool. It was close for me. Yeah, I've had this a few times. Um, and the one... Yeah, I had it next, sitting next to Adrian Walker at dinner in Good Beer Week. You kind of Walked sold it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, just... Everyone who's had that beer knows that's a beer. Nah, it's a ripper. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. It was close, like, for me. It, it yeah. is a really good beer. And you've probably had more vintages of it than me than, like... I've only had it twice. Yeah, that's more than me. So, yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, it is very nice. And, um, yeah, Firestone Walker, probably, I don't know if they're underrated in that department. It's difficult to say. I think probably in big, people don't think of them as a big stout brewery. Yeah, yeah. But they, the ones they do do are very good. Are very good. Yeah. Um, you still get the obvious one out of the way with Ramjet. Yeah. I didn't put it in. Okay, cool. <laughs> I thought about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, it would have been the top Australian one. Yeah, so, yeah, Ramjet, Boat Rocker. Yeah. Um, good stuff. I don't really know if there's heaps to say about it. That hasn't been said a million times. Yeah, um, it's probably the only Australian, probably the only Australian beer with their own day. Yeah. You know, like, that's a big thing in America about. Yeah, yeah. Puna Poo Day. Can't think of anything else. Dark yeah. Lord Day and all that sort of stuff. And, but, um, yeah. Nice wax seals. Yep. Um. And pretty special. Yeah. And the variants as well. Yeah, the variant, that was kind of the tricky thing. I was like, I'll just go the regular one because there's perhaps some variants I like more than who, who really knows. I very nearly put coffee ramjet in. Yeah. It, but I thought if I do that, I'm going to have normal ramjet. That's the thing. Yeah, it's tricky. Um, but no, yeah, I thought ramjet should get a shout out, so we'll go with that then. Yep, like it. Uh, I'm going to go with um, Destruces Black Albert. Highly Just, regarded. Highly regarded, exactly. Um, four point. Two four on untapped overall. That's not a bad way to stop. Yep, exactly. So it's a thirteen percent. So just a straight one. Yeah, thirteen percent straight up and down riz. Cool. And it's more just, than your life. It's just superb. It's really hard to talk about them. That they they all the good ones all share such similar characteristics. Yeah, it, like if you have had any of these, you probably know what a lot of these taste like <laughs> from what we're saying. Most delicious chocolatey coffee. Yeah, and just oil you'll ever drink. There's alcohol there, but flavorful alcohol, not raw alcohol. Yeah, if that it's makes very sense. fortified. Kind of. Yeah, um, big caramel notes. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go with a little bit of a left field one. I think. Yep. Uh, Liquid confidence by Two Old. Thought about it. A touch of chili. Yep. And uh, cocoa, I think, as well. I think so. Yeah, I'm not sure. I probably should double check. Anyway, it tastes like it has cocoa. Definitely yep. has chili. 
But it's it's one of the rare chili beers that's well balanced. Yeah, find them often far too big, indiscernible, yeah. or way too much. Yeah, um, but very well balanced and a really good choice for an imperial stout, which can hold up to kind of the spice and stuff. So thought it deserved a shout out. Yeah. Um, with that in mind, I think you've made my choice easier. <laughs> I was thinking about whether to put my two old one in. Or uh, just leave. As long them. as someone has a twelve year, it's fine. Yeah, sort of thing. That's it. Um, so I'm going to go with Evil Twins, even more Jesus, mm. um, which I just loved. Almost a crossover. Yeah. <laughs> with me, with my last one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was just spectacular. So is that just a straight one? Even more Jesus was the straight one, I think, but yep. it had all it. Well, as straight as Evil Twin again. Like, I think there was... You probably got, like, Muscovado sugar. Yeah. You know, or something like that. Um, but they're yeah. brewing ingredients. They're not adjuncts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was just superb. And in cans, too, which is fun. No, Even More Jesus was a bottle. Oh, okay. There's a few of those variants of yeah, the cans. Yeah, okay. I think Even More Cocoa Jesus was a can. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, well, my last one is even more Cocoa Jesus. Yep. Yep. There you go. <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, so like I said, almost a crossover. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was luscious. Yep. And all those That words is one of the words that yeah. I would use to describe that beer. It's just very desserty, and it's one of the few really desserty ones that I was just like, this is actually super duper well balanced and like really works for me. Yep. Um, and yeah, I was a very big fan of it. The 201 I, I'll give an honourable mention to yep. was Pineapple Express. Oh, yeah, that's cool, yeah. Yeah, really cool. Smoked um, with pineapple? With pineapple. Yeah. It's really sm- roasty, smoky malts. Yeah, yeah. And then sort of fresh pineapple. Um, and it just, I don't know, tickled interesting me. Interesting Tickled me. Yeah, no, no. It's it's good fun. A lot of those things are. I didn't really have any honourable mentions, to be honest. Um, the only other one I'll give is to Judo Ciel's Pesh Mortel. Oh, yeah. Canadian. I feel like I see that all the time. I've never heard it. Oh, it's just... It's spectacular. It's, it is one of those beers that you pass by. Yeah. But it is just spectacular. So it's cool. And it's, yeah. Very good. Pretty special. Yeah. Um, well, that was pretty... That was less trouble than you thought it would be. We both thought Indeed. it would be. Indeed. Yeah. It's very easy. Uh, we'll be back with all the finish up. <laughs> we are back with... How's the cellar? As you can hear. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bit of a problem with that. Um, bit of a different format because we actually know what we're having. Well, I know what we're having today. Yeah, uh, there's no surprise today. Yeah, so we sort of bought this together, and this seems like as good a reason as any. Well, when else are we going to drink a 750 mil? Um, yeah, whatever this is. So this is Decam's Nectarine Lambic. Yep. Um, and we bought it in the Carwin. Pre good beer weeks yeah, that yeah. they do, sort of clearing out, and it was, yeah. Instead of being prohibitively expensive, it was Ex- only quite yeah, expensive. Just about expensive, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a nectarine lambic. Um, I don't know a lot about Decam. Yeah, the- okay. Um, Decam opened in 1997. Yep. In, I'm going to call it Goik, G double O I K in Belgium. Go with that. Yep. Um, and they were the first proper Lambic producer to open in 40, over 40 years in Belgium. Yeah. Which is... How does a new Lambic producer get a license? I don't know. I don't know is if you even region need one. Or? Yeah. yeah, you've got to be in Peyotten land. Okay. Which is where Brussels is, vaguely. Like... In that... It's right. something about the valley, the river valley. Okay. Um, there, and then they put nectarines in it, which is a cool choice. Cool, yeah. It's not something I'd seen before, which kind of what attracted me to it. Yeah, well, what attracted me to it is that it's basically apricots, mm. and I'm not sure if nectarine isn't Dutch for apricot. Yeah, and no, I think they're peach relatives. Yeah, yep, not some, quite apricot. They're somewhere in that sort of yeah. stone fruity thing. Um, I always, when I was younger, I thought of nectarines as not fuzzy peaches. 
which is probably not very yeah, scientific. But that's not far off, I think, as <laughs> of being right. Um, but first impressions are this is lovely. That's very good. Um, not the most exciting one. Um, my Belgian, I'm guessing, I'm not actually sure what language it's in. Apparently, literally, the only difference between peaches and nectarines is that one is fuzzy and one is smooth. So my child. <laughs> so you were yeah. right. <laughs> well, that's pretty great. Um, my, I think it's, I'm reading Dutch here, isn't perfect, but mm. it's okay. Um, they've used 40 kilograms of nectarines per 100 litres of Lambic. That's a lot. 400 grams a litre. Yeah. That's uh, not commercially viable normally. No. But I suppose when you sell it for what these guys are selling. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a premium product and um, they can taste it, but it's actually well integrated. It's not like a fruit bomb or anything. No, no, it's um, good radio while we're drinking say it. it is just peachy. It is aggressively tart. Yeah. With peach up front. Yeah. Peach at the back. Peach, peach in the middle. Yep. Peach everywhere. Yeah, but... um. But it's not sweet. No. It's um, that acidic peach. But it's flavor. also kind of fresh. It's very yeah. I don't know. It's just good. It's also over three years old. Cool. That's probably better. Maybe. But that peach flavor to still be there, and that sort of yeah. fresh is. You wonder what it was like when they just pulled it out. Yeah. It's developed very nicely. Anyway, I think this is a pretty easy thumbs up. Oh yeah. I don't really know if it's. I don't know if it did. I don't think it'd improve. <laughs> I, if it does, then good, uh-huh. right? yeah, but I, I don't, uh, unbelievable. If it does, yeah, I'm pretty pretty happy with saying that it's pretty much where you want it to be. It's um, oh, I don't think I can ask for a lot more. No, this is genuinely one of the better beers I've had this year. Yeah, um, you know, make for the most thrilling segment. No, I think we should have a break. Yeah. So you think about it for a few minutes and see yeah. if anything more insightful comes to us. Unfortunately, upon much deliberation, there is not a lot to say about this. This is just very good. Yeah, I think it almost gets better with every sip. Yeah, it's just podcasts getting more boring and irrelevant as we go on. <laughs> if that is possible. Maybe we shouldn't collaborate on our Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to choose something we like. Um, so as always, if you want to, you can get in touch at gus.norris7 at gmail.com. And we will no doubt be back soon. Indeed. Yeah. Thank you.